Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. May be seated. You know, when you think about it, evening is a pretty appropriate time to gather and celebrate the Reformation. Now, it's not because you're somehow more pious or virtuous than all the trick-or-treaters getting candy. Neither is it because somehow you've romanticized Martin Luther going in the night and nailing the 95 Theses. No, it's appropriate for you to gather this evening to celebrate the Reformation because you're keeping vigil. You're keeping vigil and vigilant because of what our Lord said in the Gospel reading. Listen again to Jesus. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You are the church, and you're in this world, and that means you're in the church militant. And as the hymn of the day for tomorrow evening, where when we hear about the church triumphant puts it, we feebly struggle here in the church on this side of the grave. The church on earth struggles because she is under attack. And she's under attack when she is faithful to the word of God. And the large catechism on the third petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Luther preaches this to you, the reality that is being in this world and that his will is done in your midst. Luther writes, If we would be Christians, therefore, we must surely expect and count on having the devil with all his angels in the world as our enemies. They will bring every possible misfortune and grief upon us. For where God's word is preached, accepted, or believed, and produces fruit, there the Holy Cross cannot be missing. And let no one think that he shall have peace. He must risk whatever he has upon earth, possessions, honor, house, and estate, wife and children, body and life. Now this hurts our flesh in the old Adam. The test is to be steadfast and to suffer with patience in whatever way we are assaulted and to let go whatever is taken from us. So there is just as great as a need as in all the other petitions that we pray without ceasing. Dear Father, your will be done, not the devil's will or our enemies or anything that would persecute and suppress your holy word or hinder your kingdom. Grant that we may bear with patience and overcome whatever is to be endured because of your word and kingdom, so that our poor flesh may not yield or fall away because of weakness or sluggishness. That's what Luther has to say as we pray, thy will be done. Now this happened to the prophets. Just look at the Old Testament. It happened to John the Baptist, as Jesus spoke about in the Gospel reading. Happened to the Lord Himself. It happened to the apostles. Church history is written with the blood of martyrs. Red is the color of the church because it is the color of the Holy Spirit and fire, like at Pentecost, but it's also the color of blood. Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
So if this is the case, then, and if the church does suffer these persecutions, bears these crosses, these hardships, these sufferings, this bloodshed, because of what she believes, teaches, and confesses, well, then what happens when that stops? If violence comes, and no one wants violence, how do you stop the violence from coming, is what our sinful flesh asks. Well, it's really rather simple. Stop preaching and teaching the word of God faithfully, and the church will become friends with the world very quickly. Stop confessing the Christian faith in your life according to the scriptures, and you will win friends and influence people. You will gain the world, but you will forfeit your soul. The reality, too, is that this peace that you think you may have at that point is a mere facade that hides the real peace that only Christ can give. And so Jesus isn't any of those things that are not faithful. No, he is the one who has fulfilled God's law obediently and perfectly. He's the one who endured the shame of the cross as he took your sin onto himself and suffered God's wrath and punishment for your sin in your place, making peace by his blood shed for you. He suffered violence so that by his wounds you are healed. And this is all yours, this righteousness of Jesus, now freely, fully given to you by grace alone through faith in Christ alone. Romans 5 beautifully proclaims, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So you see, dear people of God, this is the thing and all of this reality that is living in this world and the kingdom of God which suffers violence. You have peace with God because you have been justified through faith. And this is why you are called to keep vigil and you do so with confidence. You're to be diligent and know the truth. You are to abide in the word of God and remain forever as his people. Will this bring suffering? Will this bring crosses? Absolutely it will. You see, you rejoice in those things that come on account of being faithful to Christ and his word. And you know that just as God says, he will produce in you an endurance and a steadfastness that has been refined and will bless you beyond measure. God will send you back to his word and clinging to Christ who has redeemed you and in whom you have peace the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. And that's the faith that you have been given, the faith that God will most assuredly preserve you in through his word and sacraments. This is the faith that has been handed down to you through the ages by the prophets, the apostles, the martyrs, the fathers of the church, the reformers like Martin Luther, those same men who suffered violence, that same kingdom of God that has been under attack. But you see, this is all to say that this is the Christian faith which you have in Christ Jesus. So take all of that to heart and celebrate Reformation Day. The reading from Revelation, the Revelation to St. John beautifully says, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. 
And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. The gospel is eternal. The eternal gospel was proclaimed by Luther and is confessed by the Lutheran confessions. And you see, this is the thing also in all of this about the kingdom of heaven suffering violence. Because the gospel is eternal, because Christ has overcome these things, you have the victory. The church will not be overcome. Not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. And that's the hope that is placed before your eyes this evening as you are faithful to God and his word and you endure the crosses that come with it. You know the gospel is eternal. You know that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will endure forever. The violence the church militant may endure in this world is but a little while. The violence it endures cannot overcome it, and it cannot overcome you either, because Jesus is the victor who's fought for you, who gives you the victory through faith. So in all of this, then, as you go through this life, you have a clear conscience before God. You know the truth. You know that you are righteous solely on account of Christ, his life, his death. His resurrection proclaims this to you. So when you sing hymns like tonight, that is clearly proclaimed to you and you confess it. And God calls you, his church, to keep vigil. He calls you to pray without ceasing that his kingdom come, that his will be done, even as you know the cost that comes with it. He calls you to embrace those crosses with steadfastness that he alone can and does give you to remain firm in your faith to the end. But you do all of this knowing who you are. You're God's righteous people. You're inheritors of his kingdom, which is eternal. So Reformation Day, then, is a day that we are bold because your conscience is free and clear, and that's nothing insignificant. The boldness of the Reformation is to join in with Luther and his words from a mighty fortress, when he wrote, And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours remaineth. remaineth. We sing that every year, more than once a year. But it's always good for us to hear those words, and especially as we hear this gospel reading, that to think that you can say that they can take absolutely everything that you know and love away from you, and they can even take your, wife away, or your life away from you, but yet you still have the kingdom That is a bold statement, but it's a bold statement made in faith, and it's sung with gusto because it's Jesus who speaks to you, that confidence today. So even if everything, even if everyone should be taken away from you, you have the gospel, you have the eternal gospel, you have the kingdom of God given to you. Never forget that. Always remember that as you go through this world and face whatever may come your way. God's word echoes out that your sin is forgiven and you have eternal life fully and freely. And that means absolutely everything. And this is the Christian faith you have to celebrate on Reformation Day. This is the Lutheran faith. They are one and the same. Saying I'm a Lutheran is the exact same thing as saying I'm a Christian. Why? Because this is the truth as Jesus teaches it to you. It's knowable. It's not hidden from you. You know what God really said and does say. You have the Holy Scriptures. You know the truth, and you are free. So those violent voices that are around you, you are not subject to them. They're trying to keep the kingdom of God by whatever force is the flavor of the day, but you're not left wondering about what God thinks. You're not left wondering what God thinks about you. No, you know what your Lord teaches you. You know what you have in him. 
So go out into the world as free people, which is what the word Lutheran is derived from, a Greek word in John 8. And never, ever be ashamed of being a Lutheran because it is the faithful confession of Christ. It's the confession of the eternal gospel. You are Lutherans, people free to really live as heirs of eternal life. You're a Lutheran, a free man. So don't be afraid of what awaits you because you heard the voice of Jesus speak to you today in this place. He gives you that confidence to know who you are and what you have. And the intro, it beautifully says and also puts it, a verse that went along with the Augsburg Confession when it was presented. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. That's so true. Always abide in the word of Jesus each day and cling to that word, finding rest in the arms of your Lord who is faithful to you in all things. You will never be put to shame. Sing out loudly the gospel that you were saved by grace alone, through faith alone, given through the scriptures alone. Be steadfast, be immovable in this faith, and know that you're not alone either, but your fellow saints stand beside you confessing the same truth. Pray to the Lord that he keeps you always in his word, and he produces abundant fruit as he promises, for you are his branches. And so tonight, I'll end with these words at the very end of the solid declaration of the formula of Concord. It's the final confessional document in the Book of Concord, our Lutheran Confessions. And these are the words of men who knew what confessing the faith means and the confidence God gives to be bold and confident in this confession. To confess the truth, even as the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent seek it to take it by force. It's the confession of the bride of Christ, the confession of the Holy Scriptures revealed to you. And so even if the church suffers violence and the violent try to take it by force, you have the Lord who fights for you and has won the day. And so the writers of the Formula of Concord confess, in the sight of God and of all of Christendom, the entire church of God, we want to testify to those now living and those who will come after us. This declaration presented here about all the controverted articles mentioned and explained above, and no other, is our faith, doctrine, and confession. By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it. Therefore, after mature deliberation, we, in the fear of God and by calling on his name, attached our signatures with our own hands. So, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, God grant you that same confession in your hearts and confess with your lips and lives, with intrepid hearts, now and forever. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard, and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.